Welcome to By the Fiberside, a knitting and spinning podcast from the southern edge of northern Alberta, Canada. Episode 15, One, the Other, or Both. There are a few big debates in fiber arts. Knitting versus crochet. Pick versus throw. Woolen versus worsted. True woolen or worsted versus anything semi. Two stash or not to stash. But the one that's in my head right now is the big one. The fiber debate to rule them all. I'm talking about product versus process. I actually asked this question of a knitter I met this week. Like, having the answer would allow me to put her in a neat little box in terms of how she experienced knitting and fiber arts. Was she a product knitter, whose enjoyment of a project came when the final stitch had been bound off, everything finished and tidied and washed, and she had a final product that she could enjoy? Or was she a process knitter, who enjoyed each stitch along the way, with the product at the end being not necessarily the best part of the journey? It occurred to me that even though we do tend to ask that question, it's a bit like meeting someone at a party and asking them, so, what part do you like best, the cooking or the eating? Some might say cooking, some eating, and others might not give you that answer at all. But why would we even ask that question? We all need to eat. Do we really need to categorize people by whether they enjoy the preparation more than the end result? In fiber arts, Process versus product can be of some assistance. We will know in general terms how someone might react to ripping back a piece to fix an error. We may have an idea how they will feel if they lose an item. But otherwise, what point is there to knowing that? And what about the people who don't have an answer to that question? I admit that part of the reason this has been on my mind is that I'm trying to figure out which one I am. And the only answer I've come up with is... Both, depending on the situation. I look around at my works in progress and have different answers depending on which project I'm talking about. The tapestry, socks, and baby birth cloths are definitely product pieces. It's the end product that's the carrot for me, wanting to see what will come out at the end of all the work. But the lighthouse shawl, the ethereal shawl, and the blue and green baby sweater are definitely process pieces. An alchemy of color, Yarn and pattern make every stitch delightful, and having a lovely thing at the end of the work is almost a letdown. Almost. Spinning, on the other hand, is inherently process. How many times have you been spinning in public and been asked, so what are you going to make out of the yarn? As if the only purpose for making yarn is for a specific project. How often do they seem surprised, shocked even, that the answer is usually, I have no idea. Are we societally so divorced from the idea of work for work's sake? Do they see it as a bit like a cook saying they're just cutting up onions for fun? But spinning is not necessarily just process. If you're spinning for a project, then the entire experience can be a product one. My final project for level two, which I'm happy to say came in at just over the 25 hours I needed, was definitely product. There was a lot of work, but it was all aimed at something, and that something came out exactly as I'd hoped. I got the thrill, that rush of happiness, 
that something that I envisioned was suddenly right there in front of me. It was a little product in the midst of a whole long process. I'm pretty much done with level two. I have a couple more skeins to do, but my swatches are done. Most of the papers are ready to be printed, and then it will just be the waiting to see how I do after marking. But rather than feel elated, exultant, I'm feeling let down, indifferent, wishing there were ways to stretch it out longer. Exactly how I feel at the end of a process project. Which is ridiculous. I have the whole of level 3 to look forward to, and a month of spinning what I want. Finishing level 2 is a milestone. It's only part of the ultimate process for me, and it's been a difficult go of it. Maybe that's why I can't work up excitement about it. The product, the final product, is level 6. Master Spinner. Master Spinner is both process and product, worth enjoying every step along the way, and also the stage crossing at the end. I dare myself to feel indifferent then. So, if I can't put myself into a box when it comes to process or product, why should I assume that others can be? The next time I meet someone new at a knit night, I won't ask them if they're a process or product knitter. What I might ask instead is, What are you enjoying most about that project, the process or the product? It's a question that goes better to their experience in that moment, with those needles, that yarn, and that pattern. And it's also a better acknowledgement of our own individual experiences than attempting to box ourselves into one or the other. Process or product? Knit or crochet? Woolen or worsted? Why not everything? as needs fit. Thanks for listening. This is By the Fiberside. Fiber Week. I came into this weekend thinking that I was almost done my level two homework, and I was right. The only problem was that when I'd finished off fixing the mohair silk skein, which was the last one I thought I had to spin, I was putting skeins into my spreadsheet and realized that I'd forgotten to spin two skeins. So that was a bit disappointing, but I'm like, yeah, that's okay. It's okay. It'll work. And then as I was filling out my spreadsheet for the skeins I actually have, I realized that for the alpaca silk blend for module C1, it needed to be tassa silk, and I'd spun bombix. So, the good news is that I was actually able to use that skein elsewhere. I was going to do an alpaca silk blend uh, in module B3 for adding, uh, I believe, luster to a dull fiber. And uh, so I just, (laughs) I moved it over there. So I don't have to worry about that. So I have three skeins left to spin, which really isn't all that bad because I'd approached this weekend as finishing off what I needed to finish off. And I actually did that. Everything that I knew that I needed to finish off, I did. What I'd done was I'd run out of uh, yarn in my final project. I'd run out of the white. I only had six, about 
with the nitty naughty I'm using, I need to wrap a minimum of eight times to get the 10 yards that I need for the sample skein. And for the white in my final project, I could only wrap six. So I had to spin more of the white. And so I did that. I did the the llama for uh, knitter crochet vest, the mohair for braiding, and the wool for needlework. And I'm really, really pleased with how all of them turned out. The the llama, I spun a semi-woolen out of a commercial prep, and I'm kind of liking the semi-woolen point of contact stuff, because it goes really fast, and I can actually get pretty even with a commercial prep. So... Yeah, it worked out really nice. I've, I've got a lovely little yarn and I crocheted up a little swatch. The The thing I found most difficult actually about that particular skein was because I was spinning for crochet. And in general, when you spin for crochet, you want to go opposite from the way we normally spin things, which is ZZS. You're supposed to spin SSZ. And I spun a whole bunch of it, not a whole bunch, but enough uh, of the singles Z before I realized what I was doing. I've actually found that the most difficult part. It totally threw me off in terms of my rhythm, uh, for the first little bit. But in the end, the, uh, the skin turned out really well. And my little swatch is awesome. I love the way it looks. So I'm pretty pleased with that. With the needlework skein, I used a Corydale, uh, commercial prep and did a three ply which was also interesting because most of the stuff that I've done uh, either for myself or through Master Spinner has been two-ply. So I was doing this three-ply and I was looking at the yarn that, you know, that I was plying going, this looks really weird. And I know it shouldn't have looked weird because, I mean, I should know what a three-ply looks like, but, but I thought it looked really odd as I was plying it. I thought I was doing something wrong. But then after I washed it, you know, I, I realized that it looks like a commercial, you know, three ply, not a two ply. So I was really pleased with that. And, you know, great coverage on my needlework swatch too. So, you know, I'm, I'm really happy with the, the ones that I've spun for particular purposes. So, I mean, that's a good thing. Even the, the mohair braid, I was a little worried about it because it's sort of a semi woolen prep and, eh. but when I actually braided it, it worked out really well. So, you know, I am, I am literally this close to being done level two. And I, I, I half expected when I was going to sit down and record today before I started, you know, looking at my spreadsheet that I was going to say, yeah, I'm just waiting for stuff to dry. But it turns out I do have a bit more spinning to do. But I fully expect when I talk to you next week that I will definitely have sent my binder off to Gale for marking, which is kind of scary in a good way. My final project, if you've been following along on the blog or on Twitter, turned out really, really well. It's a really cute little sweater and it and actually fits. It, it actually worked out to the measurements that, uh, that I'd made. So the reason that I ran out of the white yarn is because I did a, a, a colorwork pattern in the yoke and I'm glad I did. It would have been a little bit too much brown, I think, if I hadn't. But it worked out really well, and I'm really pleased with it. So get that all packaged up and ready to go. I I am a little... I'm not quite sure how I feel about being done level two. 
because it has been a, a bit of a it's been a bit of a tough one, you know, having to deal with my my leg injury and and doing that, but but on the other hand, I do have level 3 to look forward to and once uh once I've got it all packaged up and off, in addition to spinning what I want for for 4 weeks, I'm going to be spending a lot of time with the tackly and practicing cotton partly because it's that semi-woolen thing that I'm really thinking is really awesome. So I'm going to definitely get a lot more practice with, with the woolen and semi-woolen types of, of spinning because I've done mostly worsted up to this point. That's the update I have for fiber week. And I'll get you guys to keep me honest about finishing it up by next episode. Fiber notes. I've been pretty focused on getting level two finished, but there wasn't much besides the little sweater that was portable. So I have been taking knitting projects and working on them to both knit nights and also to work. The lighthouse shawl ran into a few issues. They're detailed on the blog. Um, But what it came down to was I hadn't left enough yarn for the border. And in order to get enough yarn for the border, I would have had to basically take back the whole last section. So that just wasn't happening. So I I took a bunch of Nikki Epstein's edging books out of the library. And I love Nikki Epstein's edging books. And, you know, I, I look at them and they're fantastic. And there's all kinds of interesting things that you can do. But they all take a lot of yarn. And what I was looking for was something smaller. And there just wasn't anything like that in her books. But the good news is that that uh, Lana read my blog post about that and said, yeah, you can just shorten up that that pattern. And she she provided me with a little um, little, you know, abbreviated pattern for the same edging, but shorter. And that's worked out really well. I might even have some yarn left over, which I'm not going to complain about because it's better than running out of yarn halfway through. So with that one, I'm about, I'd say two thirds of the way through the edging. I put it aside to work on the, on the final project, uh, lamb sweater. So that will probably be coming with me to knit nights this week, uh, just to, just to get wrapped up and then I can get that blocked. And yeah, I'm, that's definitely a process project and I'm looking forward to seeing how it works out at the end. Um, th- because it's based off of the Elizabeth Zimmerman pie shawl, and I've been eyeing the Elizabeth Zimmerman pie shawl for quite a while, and this whole lamb sweater project has made me not afraid of designing my own stuff. Now, granted, it's not lace. I have not yet to design my own lace. But it's made me less afraid of it. And the whole idea behind the pie shawl is it's it's just math. And if you can make it work in the math, you can knit a shawl. So I'm thinking I might try my hand at designing something along the lines of the pie shawl. Maybe in my copious spare time. We won't talk about that right now. Anyway, lighthouse shawl, pretty close to being done. I'm not going to guarantee it's going to be done in the next two weeks, but I'm thinking it's going to be pretty close. 
I ended up getting good buttons for the baby sweater and then never sewed them on. And I really do need to. So that I think I'm going to focus on this week, try and get that one wrapped up and washed and then sent off to my friend who we were discussing yesterday could have a new baby in six weeks. And sometimes Canada Post takes about that long to send to the other other coast. So I better get on that baby sweater right away. And then I cast on. <laughs> I cast on a new project. And I'm not going to try and justify it. Because I really shouldn't have. But I, I kind of just felt like I needed something. And sometimes you just do that when you feel you need something. I'd stopped by River City Yarns on Thursday to meet up with a friend, and she was working on this lovely little gnarled lace thing, and she showed me the pattern and said it's free, and I said, hey, I've got three skeins of gnarled lace, different type, in my stash. Do you think that's enough? We looked up the yardage, and it was. And I got up the next morning, and I brought it to work, and I cast it on. So, yeah. Anyway, it's a little tunic. Just plain old knit out of uh, lace weight yarn. And I'm making the large size. I, I was half tempted to make the medium, but I, the medium is for a 38-inch bust measurement, and the large is for a 42. And 4 inches is quite significant. And so I decided to make the large. It It will probably sit better anyway. And I'll have to make it a little longer because I'm fairly long in the torso as well. So anyway, plain old knit, really mindless, something that I really needed. And Noro colors, hooray! So anyhow, I I know I, I feel like I should justify it, but I, I just, it's the whole, I think it's the whole like spinning what I want for a month as well. It's like I just need to knit something now. And that was what it turned out to be. So anyway, it's going well. I've got it joined into the round and I'm just knitting around for about six inches. So uh, it's going to be a while. It's Noro, so I'll post some in-progress photos to uh, to show you how the colors are going. Hopefully I don't run into a knot. <laughs> well, of course I'm going to run into a knot, but hopefully it doesn't reverse colorways or what have you. So that's Fiber Notes this episode. Next episode, I'm actually going to be on the road, so I'm going to be looking at my works in progress and picking out the ones that will be more conducive to car traveling and getting those to a point where I can take them along. So I'll update you then. Fiberside Chat I've been looking a lot at my fiber stash in anticipation of my month off of homework. And the things that seem to be jumping to the top of the list in terms of what I want to spin are my bat bar bats from Fiber Week this year. And the person behind this loveliness is Lana Cunningham from Flannelberry Creek. You may recall that I did interview Lana earlier uh, about her supported spindling book. But she's also the co-proprietor of Flannelberry Creek, which is an online uh, Canadian fiber store. 
So before Fiber Week, she was putting out a few teasers on Facebook and on Ravelry that there was going to be a big surprise at Fiber Week. And what it turned out to be was a bat bar, which, as she says, it was a lot like a salad bar, but you make your own bats instead of a salad. So it was, it was a really great idea. I loved it, and I came home with four custom bats. But while we were making my first bat, I interviewed Lana about the idea and how it was being received by the people at Fiber Week. So here is a quick Fiberside chat with Lana Cunningham. So I'm at the Flannelberry Creek booth at Fiber Week, and the special surprise that that is here at Flannelberry Creek is a bat bar. It's like a salad bar, but you make your own bats, and we are currently blending a bat for me. And it's... What, color, what colors are we have so here? We've got... We've got several shades of green, and we've got mm-hmm. some yellow, and then we've got... What did we decide on? Corn fiber? Corn fiber. Corn fiber. For the, for the sparkle. Yeah, so it's going to be like a summer cornfield. Which will be awesome. It is looking really cool. So where did you come up with this idea? I actually had heard about it being done at some of the U.S. fiber festivals. Okay. And, uh, and I thought, well, now that sounds cool, and I had never seen it done here. And I love blending. It's just so much fun. I love watching the colors come out, and I've never seen, I've never seen one come out that looked bad. So I thought, well, you know, if, if I had ever seen one of these offered at Fiber Week when I was just an attendee and not a vendor, I would totally have been there. Because talk about the ultimate souvenir, right? It's exactly what I want. Nobody else is going to have one just like it. And I got to pick all the colors, and, and I love playing with colors. So I thought exactly. that would be really fun. So you're using Ashford... We've got Ashford Cordale mm-hmm. as our primary ingredient, and we have assorted assorted lovely add-ins from silk noil to cultivated silk to corn fiber to black diamond, which is carbonized bamboo. We've got like a little bit of everything. Oh, and we have sparkles. Oh, and we have sparkles. locks because, you know, that's important. Well, of course it is. So most of it gets run through about twice just to get the blending mm-hmm. right. So it takes some time, but, uh, but it's really, really fun. It seems to have been well-received. Good. And you're offering three sizes? We have three sizes. We have a small, medium, and large. It's just like at a salad bar. Mm-hmm. Your small is 50 grams, your medium is 75, and your large is 100. And so are, are you planning on doing this uh, when you come to Fiber Week next year or yeah, when, you're, when you're setting up? This has been fun. I think this will be a permanent installation. <laughs> Good. Because it's just too entertaining to pass up. And just a Fiber Week or any other places that you go? Well, if we... We, don't, we haven't done a whole lot of other places, but I think if we did, we would, we would bring this along because it's just... Mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing that you don't see it every day. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's cool, so it's good. All right. Well, I'm really, I am really liking the way it's looking. That's well, that's looking because you picked such gorgeous well, colors. Of course. It's hard to go wrong. I mean, the colors the colors start out so beautiful. Mm-hmm. The, the Ashford colors are really, really nice. They're yeah. so bright, and the fiber is so nicely prepped that it just flows through the carter. We don't get any snags. It's just lovely. Awesome. And then you get this beautiful variegated bat, and we can make it more blended or less blended depending on what you want, too, right? So Cool. And bat spinning is fun because then you get to choose which color you want next. Exactly. Well, thank you so much. I am really looking forward to seeing how my my Fiber Week summer bat's turning out. It's looking awesome so far. By the Wayside.
Mike says I shouldn't feel guilty about not having worked on the tapestry for another two weeks. He says that I have had other priorities, that it's been 13 years in the making and one month, more or less, will not make that much of a difference. But I do feel guilty, even though I do know that I have had other priorities. I've been really pushing to get my level two homework done and and I only have so many hours in a day. And I, that totally sounds like an excuse. And I hate that it does. So next episode in two weeks, I am going to be on the road, but I'm going to bring it along with uh, some other projects probably. Because I'm so close to being done my level two homework and because I am taking a month off, I'm definitely going to be getting to the tapestry in August. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But unfortunately, the By the Wayside update for this episode contains not anything new. So, it's, yeah. I don't want to say it's fallen by the wayside again because it hasn't. It's sitting there. I know it's there. But yeah, I have had other priorities right now. But I'm on record as saying that it's going to be my one of my priorities once I've got my binder sent off. So that's the By the Wayside update. Thank you for joining me for episode 15. By the Fiberside is a bi-weekly podcast, and I look forward to bringing you episode 16 on August 11th, 2013. Show notes for this episode can be found at www.bythefiberside.com. Join the discussion in our group on Ravelry. If you need to get in touch with me directly, you can email me at ness, as in Loch Ness, at bythefiberside.com. Thanks again for listening. This is by the fiber side.